Welcome to Grandma Magic, a podcast from the Grandmother Collective. We are a nonprofit organization that supports and advocates for a world where a grandmother's power is seen, cultivated, and activated for positive change. The Grandma Magic podcast is an opportunity to learn more about the unique positions that grandmothers, aunties, and other older women around the world can play in advancing positive social development by talking to and learning from grandmother changemakers. We hope this series inspires you, brings you joy, and helps you recognize the enduring magic and wisdom that comes from grandmothers everywhere. My name is Lindsay Farrell, and I'm your host. Today, I'll be talking to the founder of Grandmas To Go, one of the earliest member organizations of the Grandmother Collective. Linda Otto has led an, in her words, eclectic life, having lived all over the country and the world. Now based in Southern Oregon, Linda founded Grandmas To Go, after working as a court-appointed special advocate to support children in the court systems. Recognizing that the whole families needed support, Linda honed in on the asset that is grandmothers and older women to create a volunteer program for struggling families. Grandmas to Go is born of a simple idea that many parents need a grandma and that there is a mutual benefit to facilitating new connections between older women and families in her community. I'm excited to have her tell us a lot more about the pathway that led to this project and gain her insights about how and why the program works. Hi, Linda. Hi, Lindsay. Nice to be here. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. So one of the questions that we often ask our guests is to open up and share a story of a grandmother figure or an older woman who has made a difference or mentored them along the way. Well, I would like to share that, first of all, I only had one grandmother, one grandparent that I got to know, and she passed away when I was about 10, 11 years old. So I didn't really have a grandmother in my life, as typically as you might think, But when I was starting this program, there's a woman in our community who passed away two years ago, but she had started the Family Nurturing Center. And when I had this idea, I spent several years doing research and taking courses and studying and coming up with, okay, here's the problem we're facing. Here's a possible solution. Is this a viable idea? And so I went to Mary Curtis Gramley, who started the relief nursery that is now the Family Nurturing Center. And I said, I trust you so much, and I have so much respect for you. Would you just look through this? And I joked and called it my master's thesis. It was a huge three-inch binder with all my research papers in it and my ideas. And so about three or four weeks later, we met up again, and she goes, Linda, I do think this is a viable idea, and I think the best place for it would be right here in the Family Nurturing Center. But, and there's always a but, She just had said that she was retiring, although she never, ever did. And she said, the board has just accepted my resignation and they've opened two new relief nurseries. And there's no way that the board will consider taking on another program like this right now. And I said, Mary Curtis, I respect you so much. If you give your blessing to this, I will keep pushing. And that's what I did. And Mary Curtis, as I said, passed away two years ago. She was a beautiful woman. We call her our North Star. And we are naming our Family Nurturing Center campus after her. 
and she was one of the most charming Southern ladies, an absolute Southern belle, but oh, could she push things through when she wanted to. So I would say that that is the grandmother figure in my life that probably had the most effect on me. And it was really recently in my life. So that's my story. Yeah. I also lost my grandmothers. I had two. I didn't ever have grandfathers around, but I lost my grandmothers in high school. You just feel like you've missed something and not being able Absolutely. to Absolutely. ask them questions and you know understand. Plus, when you get to be the grandmother age, you've been through it. You're much calmer. You've had so many bumps in the road that you're feeling confident that you know whatever happens, we're going to get through this. Okay, so I want to get to your own pathway, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about Grandma's To Go and the idea behind it and what's happened more recently? The things that I was doing when I started my fourth career was supporting families. And I had 16 years of infertility treatments and tests, and I lost three pregnancies. And so I knew I couldn't have children. So I stayed away from kiddos a lot because it was really heartbreaking. And then my only niece, the only person in our family that could possibly make any changes, announced that she was pregnant. And she was pregnant with triplets. So I just joked that, you know, thanks for making up for my loss, but she didn't have to do it all at once. Well, I saw the way that my sister pretty much raised these babies because mom had a career and she moved in with them when the babies came home from the hospital and pretty much just lived there for the first three or four months. And it was beautiful to see this duet. They were constantly getting babies here and feeding them and then changing diapers and all this. It was just beautifully choreographed, taking care of children. And I realized that that's what the extended family is all about, is how do we raise children? How do we grow families? And I think we're really missing out on that extended family experience because as we say, we are separated today either by distance or dysfunction. And we do have families that come into our program and say, I'm not going to raise my children the way I was raised. My parents got caught in the drug trade or whatever, whatever, and, or I was neglected. I don't want to do that to my children. And I'm so happy when they have that courage and that strength to break that cycle because it's a repetitive cycle. I've had too many moms that have said, or dads that have said, my mom or my dad introduced me to drugs when I was 12. That's terrible. And so I love these women and men who say, I'm going to do something differently with my children. And so when you think of what the extended family is like, we've got the aunts, the uncles, the cousins, there's always somebody there that you can talk to, that you can ask questions of, that you can just sort of let go of whatever is bothering you. But when we're isolated and alone, as we are so much now and have been through the pandemic, and this was something that we were facing long before the pandemic, there's been so much isolation and loneliness for seniors and also, believe it or not, for new moms because neighbors are not getting to know neighbors the way they used to. And so it isn't as easy to say, oh, I know Judy who lives a block away and she's got children about my age. This doesn't happen the way it used to. And so what I'm finding is after the pandemic kept us all so isolated, that we're finding that the families are really craving getting back together, having that opportunity to be around other adults, to be around 
other children, for their children to play with other children. So many of us during this pandemic, we didn't really realize what that isolation was doing to us, even further above and beyond what we were experiencing before the pandemic. So I'm just really excited to see that we're getting back again. It just feels so good. And we had to close our program down for over two years because we are in high risk. You know, our volunteers, we couldn't put our volunteers at risk. And so one of the things that we did start, since we were missing our families, those of us that had assigned families, we did something called the dinner to doorstep program. And we would make an entire meal with appetizers and salads and wonderful vegetables and protein and just little dessert. And we would take it over in a bag and we would put it on the doorstep. We'd step back six feet away, text, let them know we're there. They'd come out, open the door, we'd wave, we'd blow kisses, we'd do fake hugs and do a little bit of chit chat just to try to overcome that loneliness that we were all feeling. And that's how we got through the pandemic, um, by being able to see our families but not really give them hugs. And that's what I always say, we need to hug and hold our families and our babies. And mm-hmm. I love to see new mamas and I will always say, can I give you a hug mama? Cause you deserve it. So Linda, tell me how it works. How does grandmas to go work? You've described a bit about, you know, that there's a matching of an older woman volunteer with a family, but how did this all come about to make it work? Well, I thought through a lot of things and I did have some experience with court-appointed special advocates. And I'm also a a trained postpartum doula and I've been working with families teaching infant massage. I'm a certified infant massage instructor. And so many of these things had me working with families. And that's when I really saw this separation that there were very few families that had that extended closeness. Not so much that the families were damaged, but there's distance, you know, if your grandkids are even a day's drive away, that's not convenient. So we don't have the way it used to be where we were, you know, living next to each other, or living in the same home. So I took ideas from some of the organizations that I'd been involved with, and I did a lot of research. And I do believe that the baby boomers were very fortunate in that we were raised in a time where we got to know our neighbors, got to know each other. And that's kind of what I visualized the way it was when I was growing up. Not that I had the extended family so much, but I did have cousins. And I can remember when I was small having our events with them. So what I was seeing was a lot of single moms, which is really, really hard. Because if two people have a challenge raising a family or if an extended family has a challenge raising a family, think what a single mom is going through. We also have some single dads in our community. So I'm really proud of them. That's when I say we have to wrap our arms around the whole family and find their strengths and lift them up and help them to meet their goals. So back to the original question that you asked me, I read an article in our newspaper that said that our local services were barely meeting the services that the community needed. And so they were only able to take the highest needs cases. And I went to the executive director of one of the programs, Healthy Families, and I said, if you're only taking the highest needs families, what's happening to all those others that aren't so high needs? She said, I'm sorry, they're not getting the help. And I said, well, somebody's got to do something. And that's when you finally go, oh, I guess maybe I could do something. 
So that's when I said, I'm really missing being around the children and the babies, and I want to spend more time with them. So let's do something like this. So I had heard that there had been a program years before that had a grant. I couldn't find that it was still in existence, and it was Babies and Boomers, something like that, that was putting the boomer generation together. I never found it to be viable, to be open. So I decided that I would get a fiscal sponsor. That's how I got my first nonprofit status. It's a great idea to go through a fiscal sponsor, and I definitely recommend this to anybody who's thinking of starting a nonprofit. You get a chance to test out your ideas and see if it works without you having to go through all the paperwork and the expense of setting up that nonprofit. And so I did get out of California. I got a nonprofit organization and they backed me for the first year. I would bring the money to them and then they would divvy it out as I needed it. And they had all the nonprofit rules and regulations that I needed to know. So I started writing articles in our local newspaper about the program, and I started doing some ads. And believe it or not, one of the first women that called me is still with the program. Randy Wilson is one of the grandmas that's been with us since very, very early on, 2016. So what we do is we have an orientation where Joy is our volunteer coordinator, and she will meet with the women, ask them some questions. We used to do an orientation and then invite them to training. And what they get now is a little bit of information about infant brain growth, the current best practices for infants and toddlers, adverse childhood experiences and how they affect us for the rest of our lives. And we're teaching the things that are current, and it's so exciting because this information is only like 40 years old. And so much of it is just really, really current that I get excited saying, we're gonna help our brains to stay young and active because we're still learning. And that's one of the best things is to keep learning. So what we do once a month is we have what's called a grandma gathering. We get together and we share our challenges and also our successes. And we support each other and we have such a wealth of background information and experience that if we have a challenge, we can usually bring it out here and everything stays confidential in our gatherings. But if you've got a challenge with the family, you can usually bring it up here and there's gonna be someone who said, I had something like that or I experienced this or in my past career, I did such and such and I would recommend you try this. So we're really supportive of each other and then when we're out with our families, I do an intake, so I'll ask quite a few questions, and why do you want a grandma to go? And, and we give them a menu of options for things that they can pick to choose. You know, Do you want to have more playtime with your child? Do you want to feel that you can keep your child safe? Are you having issues with big behaviors? What kind of coaching do you want from us? So we're not social workers and we're not trained therapists, but we're grandmas, and we have a special, special I think feeling that way as I am so proud of moms today, stepping up and facing all the issues that we have today and raising their children again when we have so many different challenges. So I want us to be as supportive as possible. So what we do is we make a commitment to this family for the first three to six months once she joins our program and we put her with a grandma. And not every match is made in heaven and we know that. So at three months, we do a little check and say, how's it going? And we'll say, do you feel like you have your mama legs? Are you standing on your own? Or do you still need a little support? 
and they can choose to add three more months, three more months, three more months. And we get to a point where we do graduate them. And what I say is, you will always be in your grandmother's heart. You may not see her quite as often because she's going to support another family that's struggling, but you will always be in our lives. And so we give them a certificate that says they've graduated and we do keep in touch with them. And before the pandemic, we used to have year-end events to celebrate. We would do harvest festivals and we would invite all of our families together and all of our grandmas. So we would get support for each other and get to know each other, which was always really fun. So when a grandma is with a family, it can be as simple as I can hold the baby so that you can go take a shower because you know how hard that is for new moms. (laughs) And (laughs) you know from experience. Yeah. So it'll be one of these things where we'll come in and the mom will say, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Baby's being really fussy and I've been trying to get some work done. If you could just hold the baby, that would be great. Well, there's nothing that grandmas love more than to hold a baby. So we love to do that. And I like to say, yeah, our grandmas rock because we do love rocking chairs, but we can also help out with projects around the home. Sometimes we've been known to wash dishes for you, do laundry. We've folded lots of baby clothes. And so we're just those extra hands that help. And sometimes when we get together with our grandma volunteers and they'll say, I went over there and I was going to help with, you know, these projects and I had all these plans and all we did was talk for two hours. And I go, that's perfect. That's exactly what that mama needed. And we love playing with the kiddos. And a lot of times we will just take our kiddos and go play with projects while mom does some chores or we've had some moms that work out of their home and they can do some of their work on their computer or whatever they're doing. So I had one mama who worked for a radio station and had to do her recordings from her living room and so I go in the bedroom with the baby. Well, baby did not want to be away from mom. He was like at that age where it just absolutely had to be with mom. And so baby's crying. I'm trying to keep baby quiet, doing all my magic tricks that I know because I'm a baby cuddler at the hospital. I know how to get those babies to stop crying. Nothing was working. So mom's a nervous wreck. She's having trouble getting her recording done. I finally got this guy to settle down. And she got her radio work done and she came back and she said, oh, that was so hard. I said, I know it was hard to sit on you. (laughs) So Linda, how many families have you had personally? I mean, you're running this, but you're also serving as a grandmother. Well, you know what? I'm going to read you something. This is one of my favorite quotes. This is from the women that did the attachment parenting and they both resigned at the same time. And their comment was, When we come up with these ideas, we're not the people that carry through. We're the ones that it's a great idea. Let's get it going. Now let's hand it off and go on and do something else. And I so respect them for saying that because I have been so involved with this organization that I have not gotten to have my own families very much. So I'm busy doing all the work and assigning the families. So I am talking about retiring this year. And I said, I get to be a grandma to go again. So <laughs> when, when I first started, there was one grandma and it was me and I was visiting families, but I knew there were going to be other grandmas. So once we started getting some interest from volunteers, it just took off and we have our ebbs and flows. Right now we have quite a few grandmas and we're still needing to get the word out that we're back. 
and let our community partners and all of the moms in our community know that we're here, our grandmas are back and we're ready to rock. So give us a call. Are all of the families new families that have babies? Not necessarily. We'll take a family that has any child from zero to five, used to be zero to three, but as more research has been being done on the brain, we used to say it was the first three years, it was the first four years, and pretty much we're saying the brain is growing incredibly fast during those first four to five years of life. So we decided that we would say we'll work with any family that has a one to five year old. Now they can have older children, and a lot of times they do, or they will have a newborn and have a toddler or two and definitely need our support. So we can go into any family that has a child within that one to five range. And what's perfect is now that we are with the Family Nurturing Center, it's a large organization. Linda, you joined them in 2020, right? We joined the Family Nurturing Center just before the pandemic hit. It saved us. It saved us because without that, and, and I said to the executive director, you're not going to want us now. And she goes, no, you are part of the family. So they kept us alive and well. And it was wonderful because we learned so much about all the other programs that the Family Nurturing Center offers. And we've done some infant massage classes and we've done some parenting training classes. And all these things are available to our parents at no charge. And so it's a wonderful program. We also have a diaper closet and a clothing closet for zero to five. And any mom can come in anytime and get a bag of diapers and a thing of wipes because our executive director really honestly, truly believes that this is what can stop some of the neglect or even some of the injuries. Usually what we've found happens if somebody injures a child, it's at that point of frustration and they shake the baby. And it's usually, you know, it's a mom who runs out and says, I've got to go to this grocery store and her boyfriend's watching the child and he has no temper control and he gets upset. So we want to make sure that those babies have clean diapers because that's usually what will make a baby cry a lot if he's got a messy diaper. And if these parents have to keep one diaper on a child all day long, it's not good for the child. It's not good for diaper rash. And it's definitely not good for mental health. So we will give all those things away. And it's a great program. We also have a lot of mental health therapy for toddlers anyone that's having challenges from the pandemic. So many of our littles didn't learn to take turns or share. They missed out on those little basic things that we all get in the, that first few months or first year of life. And so now it's really fun to bring them back together and let them see each other. I just finished a series of infant massage classes and this one was all first time parents. And it's not usually that way. But this was really great because when these moms got together and actually one of the dads came to the classes as well, when they got together, they would share information and tips and it was just beautiful to watch it. And I always say, I'm the facilitator. And actually, whenever I work with my families, I say there are three positions. There's the teacher, there's the expert, and there's the facilitator. And I'm grabbing the facilitator role. So who's the teacher? Well, the baby will teach the mom and dad everything they need to know. And who's the expert? Mm -hmm. Mom and dad, because they know that child better than anybody in the whole world. So I love to work with families and see their strengths and help build on those strengths and help them to be the best mm -hmm. parents that they can be. And 
We get so many unsolicited thank you letters that are near and dear to me. And we're having a grandma gathering next week and I've got two letters that I'm gonna read in them. One is from a mom and one is from a senior mm -hmm. volunteer. And it's just really, really nice to have these heartfelt thoughts shared about how wonderful it is for the infant massage was to bond that way with their babies and to learn this wonderful ancient art of nurturing touch. And then from one of the moms also saying, I just want to have a few words with you. She, this is a text. I just have a couple words I want to share with you about our grandma to go. And of course, my first line is, <laughs> oh no. What's happening? And the next line is, we absolutely love her. So it's so sweet. And I have one grandma to go who had retired due to health issues. And we tried to get another volunteer for this mama and nothing would mm -hmm. click with her. And when the baby's two-year birthday came around, the mom invited her original grandma to go to come join for the party celebration. They got together and they just rebonded. And she said they talked for hours. And that night, the mom called her and they talked for over three hours, just getting back on track and getting together. And they both sent me notes saying, we feel closer to each other. The grandma says, I know that I was born 80 some years ago so that I could be the grandma to go for Savannah. I feel closer to her than I do my own daughter. And then Savannah writes to me and says, I want to just thank you for introducing us because you're the one that got us together. And we're even going to take a trip to Portland together this summer. So, I, so we call these our families of choice. It may not be the biological family that we were born into, but we're building those extended families and we're making those connections happen. So I'm glad you got a little teary-eyed there, Lindsay. How, how could you tell? It, they're beautiful <laughs> stories. I could just hear you <laughs> weeping. No, it's a beautiful story. Um, you know, yeah. I wonder if you're seeing a community connection beyond just these families being formed, because I would assume that you've got older women who have lived a particular kind of life and probably maybe come from more privilege that are being paired up with some of our more vulnerable society members and how that is affecting people. Because I imagine it can be profound. Yeah. Well, I've always said, I don't want us to come in like we're the ladies from the social group and we're going to rescue all of you. I said, we are guests in their home. We are there to support and nurture them. And I always, as a postpartum doula, I was trained that we nurture the new mom. And that's, as a postpartum doula, you're usually involved in those first three months when after the baby's born and mom's exhausted and she's dealing with all kinds of emotional issues and what's happening with all the hormones in her body and what's happening with depression and just having someone to talk to makes such an incredible difference. And I always say we're compassionate listeners will always have a shoulder for you to lean on. And I think that when we get together, sometimes the seniors need that outlet as well. One of my favorite stories is from one of the very first orientations. I used to do orientations for our community partners as well as potential volunteers. And so I remember one of the first orientations, I saw these ladies leaving the room together and they were chit-chatting and they were saying, oh no, I've got a son too and he's never gonna have children. They became the three musketeers. They realized that they lived within blocks of each other. They started taking walks together. They played pickleball together. 
they go on trips together, they have become new best friends. And what's really fun is we get some that join us and say, I'm just so waiting for grandkids. I'm just so anxious for them and they're not here yet. So I'll help another family. And then all of a sudden they go, I have a grandchild finally. I'm not gonna be available next week. I'm going to be up visiting. So, <laughs> And then they get another grandchild and then they say, okay, I've got my own grandkids now and I'm gonna stay in touch. It's Brandy, the one that I told you has been with us since she saw one of our first ads. She still stays in touch with four families. So she has one that was one of our favorite first stories. It was a Hispanic mom with a dad that left her and actually we met her when she was pregnant. She had a toddler and she was gonna set up her pregnancy being induced the next day. And she was setting up relief nursery time for her toddler so he could be taken care of while she's running to the hospital to have this baby. And we assigned her to Brandy and Randy went in to work with the little boy and she didn't realize that he spoke only Spanish and she had a little rusty Spanish, but she has stayed in touch with them. Mama was not working, had needed money to get her green card redone. The grandma asked if we had funds to help. And I said, that is our goal. She said, is it okay if I help fund? And I said, that's totally up to you. And then she found out that the green card was like an extra $600. She went, well, that's a lot. And she did some research and she found a local church mm -hmm. and a minister who would help the dreamers get their citizenship. So that was only $125 and the three grandmas all pitched in and got this woman her training. The grandma was a retired school teacher and she said, you know, I think you would be really good in the classroom and you could get a job as a mm -hmm. teacher's assistant. And she introduced her to the school that she used to work at and they then took this mom in. She got a job working at the school. And then she said, I want to go to school and get my degree. So she's gotten her degree and she's now going to be a school teacher. And all that just came from this connection of these three women and coming into Grandma's to go. So we've got some wonderful little stories. You know, we've been saying a lot that grandmas are often an invisible safety net, but they are a global safety net. And I think you're just finding that in all of these little stories, probably every every interaction and every connection. Maybe they're not all perfect, but a lot of those kinds of stories are coming out. And you can stay in touch with a family and keep that connection, even though you don't see each other every day. And that's what we're trying to do is just keep that connection going. Weren't you telling me that they can decide to leave the program, but stay connected? Absolutely. What we do is we graduate because we have two rules and I got these rules from CASA. We don't take over sole care of the children. Mm -hmm. So we don't babysit and we don't drive anyone in any vehicle. Well, a lot of parents really like babysitters. They're hard to find. Daycare is so expensive and not as good as it should be. We need to get quality, affordable daycare for everybody. But what we do is we say, when you get to a point where you've either built your relationship or mom's got what we say, she's got her mama legs, she's good. She's, we can go on and help another mom now. So then once they're graduated, then they sign a release and they're no longer under our rules. So at that point, they can then babysit, they can take those children into their home. Whatever the parents decide is allowable. We are very different from services that you would get from the health and human services mm -hmm. programs. They cannot have relationships with their clientele. We can, 
because we're volunteers, we're not employed by anyone in particular that's going to have rules or regulations. So we have an opportunity to really get close to these families and stay close to them. And I love it when that happens. And like we've said, it doesn't always happen. But someone will come in and say, oh my gosh, the families need so much. What can we do? And I will always come back with that quote. If one caring adult can change the life of a child, just imagine what a team of grandmas can do. And if you affect one child's life, it's worth it. And it is. So you're going to retire and become a grandma again. But what would you like for people to think about having heard about grandmas to go? Is this something that you think can go everywhere? I originally thought that in 2000, let's see, it was 2018, I think, that we did our trips. And one of the programs that I applied for was called the Encore Prize Competition. And it was a $50,000 prize to the most innovative intergenerational program in the United States. And at that time, I did the application process. It took six months. They helped coach us on how to do a pitch, how to do our own PowerPoint presentation, what kind of things to look for, all the information that you get from a coach So they coached us and helped us. And for six months, I was back and forth doing programs with them. I was really excited when we made it to the top 12 out of who knows how many hundred. And then very excited to be offered a trip to Boston so that we could celebrate that we were in the top five. So we had made the top five innovative intergenerational new programs for families in 2018. At that time, we were getting so much requests for information from around the country because newspapers would pick us up, radios would pick us up, and then they would spread that information. And I would get calls from Florida, from Tennessee, from Connecticut, from the West Coast. Are you in our community yet? We need you. And so Joy Marshall and I, Joy Marshall became my business partner in 2017. And we say that we have two different brains. I've got the creative brain. She's got the organized brain. And so together we have a whole brain. (laughs) We've been working with many different families through this program. It's multi-generational. It's the thing that I love about it is not only are we helping those babies get those hugs and loves, we're helping those moms get that support and have that shoulder to lean on. And we're helping dads. We have some, we have one single dad that we've worked with for quite some time. And you're helping the grandmas. And we're helping ourselves. So I keep saying we're changing lives. We're changing lives for those babies, for those families, and for ourselves. So that's why we have our three musketeers, the women that have become best buddies by meeting through grandmas to go. So you traveled to Boston and was the intention you were hoping you would scale? It wasn't at the time. I mean, it was in the back of our minds because everybody always goes, what a great idea. We should have these everywhere. And I used to think that if we could have a grandmother's house in every neighborhood, the kids could come home and be there. Grandma's there 24-7. I don't know how she does it. (laughs) Maybe they're cloned grandmas. Yeah, Yeah, they're cloned. (laughs) They're cloned. Yeah. (laughs) But one of our sayings used to be every baby needs a grandma. Now we're saying every child Mm -hmm. needs a grandma and every family needs a coach. And we call ourselves coaches because I really think, you know, if an athlete needs a coach and is proud to have a coach and a CEO of a business can have a coach, I think families deserve coaches Mm -hmm. as well. 
So we're not coming in there to find what they're doing wrong, which is what they're fearful of with agencies a lot of times. So we come in there, we're just totally there to love on them, to help them, to support them, to give them the strength that they need to get through the next day and to tell them they're doing a good job. Because just hearing that can take a whole lot of weight off of someone's shoulders. So there are times when I will look at a mom and say, I can see this baby just absolutely adores you. Look at the way he's Mm -hmm. looking at you. He can't take his eyes off of you. There is so much bond between you. Nice job, mom, doing a good job. Yeah, I think that's what we're finding, right? That there's this potential to reach the things that are not measurable, the impact that's much more ephemeral or more, you know, ethereal. Yeah, ethereal maybe is the word I meant. This love, this trust, this belonging that is really foundational as humans, but often excluded from the more sort of organized institutions. Well, I also like the teachings from the indigenous grandmothers, the tribes of women from around the world that have gotten together and given their advice to the world. And there's one thing that I love about it is that traditionally in Native American homes in many of these indigenous societies from around the world, if there was a big decision to be made, they would go to the grandmothers and they would say, should we go to war? Should we move our encampment? What's happening with such and such a seven? So they would go to the grandmas that were considered to be the wise elders and the grandmothers would make the decisions, which makes so much sense to me that someone who's been through it and can step back and look at things and say, ah, yeah, yeah, I know what we can do. Let's try this together. But I really like the beautiful idea that the grandmothers hold the wisdom and hold that tribe together. And I'm trying to build a tribe. I think we need our own tribe here. Everybody needs a grandmother. It's so funny when I'm out and about and we say, you know, who we are, what we're doing. And young adults will go, could I have a grandma? We have some organizations that provide grandmas to college kids and other things too. So, you know, lots of folks are getting at this, but I'm going to leave it with this lovely idea of building a tribe. And thank you so much for sharing your experience and connecting with us today. You're so welcome, Lindsay. Thank you so much and best of luck to you and the whole organization. It's nice to see you growing. Thanks.